This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Introduction to Pediatric Chest Radiography by Dr. George Taylor. Hello, my name is George Taylor. I'm from the Department of Radiology at Boston Children's Hospital. And today I wanted to talk about an introduction to the interpretation of the pediatric chest x-ray with a special focus on how children are different than adults and uh, trying a systematic approach to the evaluation of the pediatric chest. Now, why are kids so different than adults? Well, besides the tremendous size differences that happen with maturation, there is also a tremendous change in the, the body of the child, and those developmental changes are reflected on the pediatric chest x-ray. For example, a normal two-month-old would have a relatively large thymus in proportion to the chest, and it can take almost half of the hemithorax and still be normal. On the other hand, by seven months of age, the thymus has become much smaller in proportion to the chest x-ray, and by 16 years of age, you can hardly see the normal thymus. And so if you have a 16-year-old with a large anterior mediastinal mass, such as the x-ray on the screen, in a child who has neurofibromatosis, this would be highly abnormal at that age and not quite as abnormal in a two-month-old. So let's start with a systematic approach to the chest x-ray. We will look at the lung parenchyma, the pulmonary vasculature, the airway and mediastinum, the heart and the bony abnormalities as well. Lung parenchyma and vasculature. Let's start with the lungs. The factors that affect lung density are primarily pulmonary inflation, the pulmonary vascularity, the lung parenchyma itself, and then overlying pleural air or fluid. Here is a 14-month-old who presents with cough and wheezing and the initial frontal chest x-ray shows diffuse hazy opacification of both lungs that may mimic an overwhelming pneumonia. But you'll notice that there are only seven posterior ribs of inflation. A radiograph obtained two minutes later shows a marked improvement in the opacification of both lungs. And so you can see that pulmonary hypoinflation can markedly change how the lungs look especially in a younger baby. Here, a two-year-old who presents with new-onset strider, we can see an asymmetry in the density of the lungs with the left hemithorax looking much more loosened than the right side. And if you notice also, the size of the pulmonary vessels is very different on the left side, lower, compared to the normal right side. This is a child who aspirated a foreign body in the left bronchus with air trapping and overinflation of the left lung and associated decreased pulmonary vascularity. 
So asymmetry is a, uh, an important thing to look for in the pediatric lung. Here are two other conditions, uh, two other situations where the hemithorax can look much more lucent. Both of these infants have a pneumothorax. The infant on the left side of the screen has a medial and anterior pneumothorax and the infant on the right side of the screen has pri primarily a medial pneumothorax. Unlike adults, where the pneumothorax occurs more laterally to the lungs, infants tend to collect pleural air in the medial and anterior location because they are almost always in supine position and the lungs are relatively stiff, allowing them only to fall backwards rather than recoil to the center in towards the mediastinum. Now, focal parenchymal abnormalities are also very important in pediatrics. This seven-year-old presenting with cough and fever has a retrocardiac density that is also seen overlying the spine. This is a round pneumonia, which is a bacterial pneumonia that happens almost exclusively in children less than five years of age, where the pneumonia is mass-like in appearance because of poor development of the collateral air passages. And so the, the pneumonia can look very much like a mass, unlike uh, that in adults. Here, another child who presents with cough and fever and has a right-sided pneumonia. We can see that the lung density is markedly different on the right side compared to the left. In this situation, we see that the lung can only be seen in the medial aspect of the right hemithorax, and pleural fluid is accounting for the density lateral to the chest. And on the lateral film, we can only see one hemidiaphragm, suggesting that this child has a pleural effusion in addition to the pneumonia. Airway and mediastinum. Now let's consider the airway we need to look at its position, its caliber, and the possibility of displacement of the airway by abnormal structures. It's very important to know that the airway in a young child and infant is very mobile. And during expiration, the trachea can buckle almost to 90 degrees, as you can see on the frontal and on the lateral view in, in a normal expiratory radiograph. The other two features to consider in the trachea are that one should see the tracheal air column on the frontal view from the thoracic inlet all the way to the bifurcation of the trachea. And on the lateral, the course of the trachea should be a nice gentle posterior curve that mimics the vertebral bodies of the thorax. Here is a child where these features are not present. This two-year-old presents with new-onset wheezing, and immediately we see that the mediastinum is much too wide for a two-year-old. If you remember the first images that we showed, the thymus in a normal child at this age should be much, much smaller. So this is a wide mediastinum that is abnormal. The second feature is that we cannot see the air column of the trachea on the frontal film all the way to the bronchi. We lose it in the mid portion of the, of the chest. 
on the lateral view, we can see that the trachea not only is markedly narrowed at the thoracic inlet, but it is also anteriorly displaced by a posterior structure. So in this situation, we have to think about things that live normally behind the trachea. And these would be the esophagus and or lymph nodes. So because this happened so acutely, we con were concerned about a ingested foreign body with an abscess. So we did a, an upper GI and barium swallow showing that this child had ingested a sharp plastic foreign body that had caused perforation of the esophagus and a periesophageal abscess that was anteriorly displacing and compressing the trachea. So foreign bodies are an absolute must to consider in the appropriate age group between oh, six months to about two, two and a half years of age. Here's another child that presents with a uh, airway abnormality. You can see that the trachea, rather than being slightly to the right of midline, it is to the left of midline. Normally, the aorta, being on the left side, minimally displaces the trachea to the right side. In this child, we see a right aortic arch and mild narrowing of the trachea. This situation can be associated with a symptomatic right aortic arch and a vascular ring. A CT scan in this child shows the normal caliber trachea in the upper image and moderate narrowing of the trachea in the lower image caused by a right aortic arch and the aberrant left subclavian artery compressing the trachea posteriorly. The other part of the mediastinum that is very important to evaluate in children is the thymus and the possibility of adenopathy. As we've seen before, the thymus can vary dramatically in size with age, and adenopathy in children is much more commonly caused by inflammatory or infectious causes than in adults. Here we have a two-month-old who presents with cough and has a large anterior mediastinal mass. But if we look at it more carefully, on the frontal film, we can see through the mass on the right side, being able to see normal pulmonary markings behind it. And on the lateral film, we can see a normal trachea with a normal caliber and filling in of the retrosternal airspace. On closer inspection of the left chest, we can see a scalloped appearance of this anterior mediastinal mass and the scalloping occurs every time an anterior rib crosses it. And this is very characteristic of a normal thymus, which is very fatty and gets displaced by normal structures. Now, these next four images that I will show are all children that present with a right upper lobe opacity. And we will go through the differences between a normal structure and those that are pathologic. The image on the left side of the screen we've seen before and is a normal thymus. The features of it are that we can see a nice sharp inferior border with no atelectasis of the lung inferior to it or behind it. We can see through it and see normal pulmonary structures behind it. And if you notice the trachea, it is not displaced or compressed by this normal thymus. On the other hand, on the right side, we have a much denser mass that is adjacent to the minor fissure of the right lung. We can see a very sharp border 
and we cannot see any lung markings behind it and the trachea is slightly um, displaced towards this child. This is a child with pneumonia and on occasion we will be able to see air bronchograms in the very dense um, area of uh, a pacified lung. This second pair we have a right upper lobe density in the chest x-ray on the left side of the screen but unlike the other two there is elevation of the minor fissure as shown by the arrow and we can see patchy air bronchograms of that right upper lobe and also association of the trachea being displaced towards this lesion. This is right upper lobe atelectasis. And the final case, we see a nodular density in the right upper lobe with displacement of the trachea away from the, the mass and a um, relatively dense appearing um, mass. This child has a neuroblastoma. So I've shown four different right upper lobe lesions that have different characteristics that can help us distinguish from one from the other. Heart. Now let's look at the heart. We often talk about a normal cardiothymic silhouette in children rather than a cardiac silhouette because the thymus can be so large that it will encompass the heart and um, go all the way down to the to the diaphragms. So the shadow of the heart, especially in young children, is composed of both the heart and the thymus. It is very difficult in young children to determine chamber, specific chamber enlargement because the heart is relatively large in proportion to the surrounding chest. And Finally, we have a normal double atrial shadow is a normal finding rather than an abnormal finding in adults. Here we have a five-year-old girl who presents with cough and has a prominent left atrial shadow shown by the arrows. This is a totally normal finding in comparison to adults where the prominence of the left atrial shadow can be a pathologic finding. Bony abnormalities. Finally, a look at the skeletal system is very important when looking at a chest x-ray, especially for looking at fractures, for erosions, and absence of normal bony uh, structures. Here we have a nine-month-old who fell from her bed, and initially the heart looks normal, the trachea and mediastinum are normal, and yet when we look at the left-sided ribs, we can see that there are multiple posterolateral rib fractures as shown by the arrows. Posterior and lateral rib fractures in infants below six months of age are very concerning for non-accidental trauma. So these are very important findings to make on the chest x-ray and often require oblique images for better evaluation. Here, another child who presents at two years of age with irritability, we see what appears to be initially a normal chest x-ray, but if we pay more attention to the right 11th rib, we see that the rib density is mottled and irregular and different from the other ribs. Here, a close-up of that rib shows a rib that is sclerotic and eroded by an overlying neuroblastoma. So these are very important but often subtle findings in uh, the pediatric chest. 
So we've covered a systematic approach to the chest in children where we look at the lung parenchyma, the pulmonary vasculature, the airway and mediastinum, the heart, and bony abnormalities. These are some final take-home points that I would like to leave you with. First, look at the symmetry of the lungs for density and for pulmonary vascularity. Second, make sure you look at the lung behind the heart because it's a favorite place for pneumonias to hide. Make sure you look at the size and the position of the trachea, the bones and soft tissues, and finally, ask for help if you have any concerns at all. Thank you. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.